I believe you're going to learn something new today. As a matter of fact, I'll almost guarantee you, you're going to learn something new today. Probably very few people have ever studied this out, but I'm going to share it with you. You probably have never seen this before. I dare say you've probably never studied this out before, but I'm going to share it with you today. By the way, have you ever, uh, how many of y'all ever had the shingles? Let me see your hand. Shingles, all right, a couple people have. have you, how many of you had the shingle shot? Have you had the shot? All right. I had the second shot this week, last year this time. I had the old-fashioned case of the shingles, and I'll be honest with you, if you hadn't had them, you don't want them. <laughs> and uh, trust me, but the old shingle shot, some it'll give the old flu-like symptoms when you take it, and uh, certainly it was the case. However, I'll say this, uh, it's a lot better than getting the shingles. But here's the deal. My understanding, when they give you a shingle shot, it helps build up your immunity system to keep you from getting the shingles. Now, if you're wondering what shingles are, if you've had the chicken pox, you're a prime candidate to get shingles. So just go ahead and get the shots. There's two of them. The point is this. The immunity system is built up to keep your body from or obtaining or acquiring or getting the shingles. You know what? I believe what God's going to show us today is an immunity system. Studying the Word of God, understanding the authenticity of the Word of God, the Bible, will build up an immunity in this pluralistic, postmodern mindset. And I know that you're like me. There's many people out here that will not deny Lord Jesus and that God is a God of um, creation. But to come to the point to believe the Bible is the Word of God, uh, this is a different issue in our nation and culture right now. So, the goal today is to look at what today is all about. By the way, do you know what today is? Anybody know what today is? It's called... Thank you. Where do we get that? Where's the origin in the Bible? Where are the connecting the dots from the Old Testament to the New Testament? You're going to absolutely be amazed when you see. Hang with us. Now, this isn't a message where you can just kind of doze off. This is going to require you to put your thinking cap on and follow with me because we're, first of all, going to look at three undeniable evidences. We're going to find undeniable evidences that will build up your immunity system to build faith, real faith, in the Lord in these days. In fact, I'll go on record as saying it will absolutely encourage you to build confidence that God is in control and that you can trust Him. I believe there's some of us today that are wondering all the things that have gone on the past year. Is God really faithful? Can we depend on Him? I mean, where are we at now in your Christian journey? So today, we're going to dissect, take apart, this great Old Testament book, many of you that were here last Sunday night uh, in our Bible study, and I want to encourage you to study the Word of God and come and be with us. We're going to look at the passage found in the book of Daniel in just a moment. Undeniable evidences. Here's where we're going. Three immunity shots, if you will, or uh, three evidences. Undeniable. Number one, we'll look in a moment. Notice I didn't tell you where passage to look because you'd be looking, you wouldn't be listening. <laughs> so, number one, uh, what does the Bible indicate? What, uh, biblically, historically, can we see undeniable evidences 
of the Bible being fulfilled in the past? What are the evidences? Then, secondly, we're going to draw a bridge from there, the biblical undeniable evidences of the past, what God has done. We're just going to look. We won't have time to look at a lot, but we'll look at at least one indeed, and it will tie directly into today, namely what we call Palm Sunday. However, we'll move to the second point, which will be what are the biblical undeniable evidences of Bible prophecy being fulfilled right now, today. We'll see that as well. And then finally, third, we're going to see uh, what does that mean and what is that, how does that relate to the future? Is there going to be Bible prophecy, undeniable evidences that we can rest assured that will be fulfilled in the future? So that's where we're going today. So I hope you got your pen and paper because you're not going to get all this without writing some of this down. And so number one, Let's look today at undeniable evidences, immunity builder, a faith builder. Oh, yes. And then we're going to consider, as I mentioned, these three areas. So find your Bible, copy of the Word of God, hold it up. Let me make sure you got it. And if you're taking notes, let me see your hand because I want to be sure I don't go too fast. Thank you. Look with me, please, in this wonderful Old Testament book called the book of Daniel. Find the book of Daniel. Now, as we come to the book of Daniel, you're well aware that Daniel's a teenager when he's taken in Babylon. He's probably 13, 14, 15 years old. At the time of this writing, he's probably 85 years old. So, Daniel has been taken, watch this, 900 miles away from his homeland. And by the way, historically, chronologically speaking, we're talking about around the year 605 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar invaded the southern kingdom called Judah, and then three other invasions took place around the year 599, 598, 597 B.C. In that invasion, Daniel and his buddies were taken away from Judah into Babylon. Here is where Daniel is writing this particular book, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in Babylon. And as a matter of fact, you know why they were in Babylon. God told them it would be 70 years of captivity. Why? Again, as we've learned and as we've studied the book of Leviticus chapter 23, God gave specific instructions to let the land lay rest every seven years. However, Israel didn't do it, and consequently, 490 years of uh, disobeying the Lord, the Lord says, divided by seven, 70 years would be the exact time of going from their homeland into captivity but God gave a promise, indeed, they would come back from their homeland. I'm giving you some background information as we launch into the book of Daniel. Not one negative comment about Daniel in the book of Daniel. And you know that Daniel, he purposed in his heart, he would not defile himself with the king's meat or the king's wine. He lived a life of moral purity. Buddy, that's important today, don't you agree, as a Christian. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Number 2, he learned how to come under authority. Listen to me, beloved, as a Christian... I don't care how good you teach or preach. I don't care how good you sing. If you and I have not learned how to come under authority, the Lord is not going to use you, bottom line. Amen. And so this is a key test to being a servant of God, coming under the authority of the Word of God and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people who have major gifts, they're really talented, but they've not learned how to come under authority. 
and consequently, God's hand will not be on you or me without learning how to come under authority. It's a big issue. All right, Daniel learned that as he came under the king without compromising his conviction. But Daniel also, he learned to live a life of humility. And if you want to be used of God, y'all listen to me, if you want to be used of God, my pastor used to tell me this, as long as you'll stay humble, God will use you. When you get a big head and we get full of ourselves, God's going to take his hand off of you. Amen. So staying humble at the feet of Jesus is absolutely important if you want to be used of the Lord. Daniel understood that principle. Number five, well, at least skipping on, not only the more, more purity and the authority and the humility, but number four, Daniel learned about God's sovereignty. He learned that God was in control. If you read in chapter five, the handwriting's on the wall, Nebu, not Nebuchadnezzar, but Belshazzar, and God told Daniel, Babylon was history that would fall that very night, which came to pass. You have studied the book of Daniel, haven't you? Do you know about the, the Palm Sunday? Do you know the origin of Palm Sunday? Do you know the New Testament equivalent to the Palm Sunday? Do you know the connecting the dots from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Precisely. I'm talking about 173,880 days. Have you ever studied that out? Probably not. Not many people have. You're going to want to shout today when you see what I'm going to show you. And uh, praise the Lord. It's just absolutely a faith builder. But quickly, Daniel also faced adversity. Remember when he didn't bow his knee to compromise with his prayer life? He prayed to God in spite of being thrown in the lion's den. That's in Daniel chapter 6. And yet he learned about Jesus Christ had won the victory. Now, as we come to the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, we find that Daniel is reading from this book called Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet had already described that Babylon uh, would be the homeland of the Jews for, again, 70 years. We come to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. If you have it, stand to your feet. Let's read verse 24 through 27. And here's, I believe, going to be a shouter, my soul. I love this. It's going to be a blessing to you because we're not only going to look and see how the Word of God has been fulfilled. Just this one little uh, passage. There's numerous passages, but this is just one this morning in relation to today. And then we're going to see how this modern day, today, how the Bible is being fulfilled. And then the future. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks. Now just stop there. And as we discussed on Sunday night, last Sunday night, 70 weeks. Anytime you see the word weeks here, Shabuah, Heptad, you need to understand. And I'm not going to go into all of the ramifications of the meaning of the word other than telling you, and you can do the research yourself, 70 weeks. Weeks would be seven years. That's the meaning of that word. Weeks, seven years. Seventy times seven. Seventy weeks. Seventy times seven equals 490 years. What God is fixing to show Daniel is 500 years of futuristic prophecy that had not been fulfilled during Daniel's day, but it has indeed, 483 of those years have been fulfilled prior to. Uh, to our day and right now there's seven years lacking all right so 70 weeks are determined for thy people this is not for the church that we can draw application from it but specifically technically speaking Daniel is writing to the Jews 
it is very important that we distinguish that we don't claim that the church replaces Israel. I am clarifying that because there's much confusion today in what is called replacement theology and covenant theology. Unfortunately, I respectfully disagree with those who interpret the Bible in that manner. Rather, technically speaking, Daniel's writing to the Jews, thy people, speaking of the Jews. And the church had not been established until the book of Acts, chapter 2. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the church was not established during the book of Daniel. This is a message to the Jews. God has a plan for the Jews, and God has a plan for the church. So please, distinguish the two, especially those who teach the Bible and those who uh, are privileged to uh, rightly divide the word of truth, okay? So this is very important. Now, 70 weeks, that's 490 years, are determined for thy people and upon the holy city. Listen, the holy city is not America, okay? The holy city is not America. It's Jerusalem. Let's stay true to the Bible, okay? Let's don't try to jump uh, and say this is America. No, it's not. Daniel's writing in his time frame to the Jews, to Jerusalem. And the church said? So please, let's stay true to the Word of God. And, and, and I'm not being critical. I've done the same thing. And I'm just saying, but uh, there's a lot of that that we, uh, and, it, and, and we just kind of confuse mud of the water. Seventy weeks are determined for thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, make reconciliation of iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, steal up the vision of prophecy, to anoint the most holy. Please underline verse 25. Because this verse right here, we're fixing to do some mathematical calculations. Some of you is going to lose you immediately. You're going to be looking out the window. You're going to say, what is he saying? Where are we going with this? I'm fixing to give you some real figures to tie in today, what we're celebrating today, the exact day Daniel said Jesus Christ would come in riding a donkey, what we call the triumphal entry. It is absolutely unparalleled. It's undeniable evidence. It is just overwhelming the Bible. Wow. And so keep reading. Verse 25. Know therefore, Daniel says, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build who? Jerusalem. Keep in mind, they're in Babylon. Jerusalem has been burnt down to the, burned down to the ground, 586 B.C., not up for debate. Everybody knows that. But Daniel's being told the Jews are going to go back and restore and build Jerusalem. Keep reading. He says, know that therefore, understand from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto, here's another landmark. Not only come back and rebuild the walls, but watch this. Look at verse 25. Unto the Messiah, the Prince. Well, who in the world is Messiah the Prince? Jesus, okay? Unto the Messiah the Prince shall be how many weeks? Seven weeks. And remember when I told you week stands for what? Thank you. How many years? Seven years. Seven weeks would be seven times seven, which equals 49. Write that figure down. We're going to come back to it precisely to the date from 444 B.C., 49 years later, Nehemiah, according to Nehemiah chapter 2, they came back to rebuild the walls. Note that, because there's another outstanding, unparalleled, undeniable evidence about the Messiah. And when he comes riding in on the back of a donkey, precisely 173,880 days from when Nehemiah came back to rebuild the wall. Not only, watch this, 
Not only is that from a Jewish calendar, 360 days, it's also, and I'll show you, calculated from a Gagarian calendar, 365 days, including leap year. 173,880 days precisely from the Jewish calendar and the Gregorian calendar. Oh my, the Bible's alive. Hallelujah. Keep reading. He says seven weeks. And then notice, look, look at verse 25. Know therefore and understand from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem under the Messiah of the Prince shall be seven weeks, 49 years. And three score in two weeks. Three score is 60. Okay, I just turned three score years. Somebody say amen. 60. But that's not all. Keep reading. Three score and two weeks. How many weeks would that be? Three score and two would be what? 60 plus two equals what? 62. 62 weeks. 62 weeks. Weeks is how many years? How many years? You said it. Go ahead. Say it again. Seven years, seven years, seven years. Weeks is seven years. Say it with me. Weeks is seven years. Say it again. Thank you. 62 times seven. Somebody calculate that real quick. 62 times seven. Say it again. 434. Here's what I want to throw out these figures, and I want you to get them in your mind, okay? I'll bring them on the board in a minute. Seven weeks would be 49 years, seven times seven. Three score in two weeks, which is 62 times 7, will be 434. I want you to add up this. 49 weeks is when Nehemiah is going to come back to build the wall. It's not up for debate. 444 B.C., they did it. 49 years to the date. Then 434 years, watch this, Jesus Christ would come riding on a donkey into Jerusalem called the triumphal entry, which we celebrate today to the date. To the date of what Daniel predicted. And we get the 434 plus the 49 equals 483 years of Bible prophecy that has been fulfilled. Now, there's 490 years total. We saw that in the first verse, 70 weeks. So 483 minus 490 equals what? How many years left? Four hundred ninety minus four eighty or four eighty three minus four ninety. However you want to say it. How many difference of years is that? How many believe it's ten? Raise your hand. How many believe it's seven? Raise your hand. How many don't know? Raise your hand. How many to go back to math class? Raise your hand. Four hundred eighty three minus four ninety is seven years. Okay, right? Are you with me? Everybody with me? I got to go slow today. I can see I better just go real slow. I could be boom, boom, boom. I could be halfway through the message now, but you, you, we got to kind of tune in. All right, seven years. Do you know what those seven years are? The seven years, Daniil's been coming to Sunday night. You're exactly right, Daniil. Seven years are the missing years, what we call the tribulation, which is yet to come in the future. All of this is laid out right here in the book of Daniel. People tell me all the time, oh, pastor, y'all talking about seven years of tribulation. Where do you get that from? Right here. Right here. Right here. Open your Bible. Study it. Hey, you ready? Let's go. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for our time to study your word. And, and I, Lord, we, just wanna, we don't want to just get information. 
because we know information without application leads to frustration. Thank you, information with uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit equals transformation. We want to be changed, men and women of faith, in these desperate days when some, so many are, Lord, clueless and just uh, shallow, and so many Christians, Father, not hungering and thirsting to know you and to be a witness to our families. And so many of our children and grandchildren, Lord, have just heard a little bit, but we want to be mighty men and mighty women of faith to be able to share your word with the lost world. They might experience your love, your forgiveness. Help us, Lord, not to sell you short. Help us, Lord, not to be lazy spiritually. Help us to be students of the word of God. Help us to seize the opportunity, whatever time we've got left here on this earth. Lord, I know there's a lot of things pulling on us, distractions, but you've called us times like this to study, to show ourselves approved unto you. Workmen needed not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When all's said and done, we'll give you glory, Jesus. You're worthy of it. and We bless you now. What you're going to do, open our eyes, our hearts, and fill us afresh with Holy Spirit power. Cleanse me, Lord. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hey, look, we could go on with this as far as the text, but let me go real quickly. Here's the three areas we're going to go. What about undeniable evidences of Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the past? That's Daniel 9, 24 and 25. What about in the present? That's Daniel 9. We're not probably going to get a lot to this. I just want to allude to it. And then in the future, what about this? All right, number one, what about the undeniable evidence of Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the past? You ready for this? Are you ready for this? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, thank you. God bless you. I love when people of God are hungry for the Word of God. It makes pastor excited and thrilled to teach the Word of God. Y'all coming and listening. You got a hard job, no doubt. What about the undeniable evidence of Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the past? Here's that phrase we read. Seventy weeks. Seventy times seven is 490. 490. Write that, write that figure down on your piece of paper. 490. Here's what Daniel's looking in the future. The time clock begins to tick when, we'll see in a moment, when the Jews come back to rebuild the walls, Nehemiah. But 70 weeks, 490 years are determined. Daniel's in Babylon. Daniel's, God's given him a vision as to when they're going to come back, rebuild the walls, and what's going to take place when Jesus Christ, Messiah, will come riding in Jerusalem. They're determined for thy people, the Jews, and upon thy holy city. Now, it starts the time clock ticking here in verse 25. Know therefore and understand from the going forth of the commandment to restore. I underlined this as I was developing this PowerPoint. Restore and to build Jerusalem. This is where the time clock, boom, Daniel's prophecy begins to tick. Not while he's in Babylon, but rather when the Jews will see a timeline here in a moment. Hold that thought. When they build Jerusalem unto it starts when they come back to build the walls, and it's going to go all the way to Messiah the Prince. You got those two events in your mind? Now he's fixing to tell us how long it's going to be before they're going to start building Jerusalem. It'll be seven weeks, 49 years. But then Messiah the Prince and three score in two weeks. Messiah the Prince will be 434 years from the time Nehemiah, 445 B.C., would come to rebuild the walls. 
So I feel like it's important that we connect the dots right here in this verse or else we'll be confused on what we're talking about. Are you with me so far? All right? So the street, he says, three, four, and scoot, two, two weeks, 434 years, 49 years. You'll see all these figures in a moment. Don't, don't cut me out yet. The street shall be built again and the, what's that word? Who built the walls? Who built the walls? Thank you, Evan. Nehemiah did. We studied that two weeks ago, didn't we, my friend? We did. And in fact, we're going to see in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, the exact date, the time. God gives us that information. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8. The date that the Jews would come back to rebuild the walls. And then you start calculating from there. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Okay, now I don't know if you're going to be able to see this chart or not. Those that sit in the back, I'm sorry. I, I got back there last night. I was trying to get a chart. This is a small chart. You may not be able to see it. If you need to come up front, please do get the video. However, I'll stay back and talk with you. But on this side right here begins Daniel's prophecy, 444 B.C. Where do we get that from? We get that from Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. It tells us exactly when they're going to come back and start rebuilding the, not only the temple later, but the walls. Seven weeks would be 49 years. We just already discussed that. Here's that prophecy. And then the 62 weeks were 434 years. So you got 49 and you got 434 years. By the way, this chart, I have permission to use it. Dr. Randall Price, I called him on the phone, talked with him. He said, sure, you can use this. He's a professor at Liberty University. He's written several books. He's a renowned archaeologist and scholar, to say the least. He's given me permission to use these, so that's why I'm using them. Now, I wish I could enlarge it. I wish I had more time to get more uh, of this, but trust me, it's not easy to find this information and then be able to use it. At any rate, you can see this. Here is... The Messiah's advent. This is when Jesus Christ shows up on the scene. Here's the cross. Today is Palm Sunday, we call it. And next week we'll celebrate the resurrection. And so don't even pay attention to that right now, that side. Pay attention to this side right here. The rebuilding of Jerusalem. And then the decree of Artaxerxes, the Jews to restore and build Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. You got them in your mind? All right. Let's go further. Because do you know... March the 5th, March the 5th, 444 B.C. is the date that Nehemiah and his crew came back to rebuild the walls. March the 5th, now that's an important date, because March the 30th, 33 A.D., March the 30th, 33 A.D., would be the date that Jesus Christ would come riding in on the donkey, projected and proclaimed by Luke's gospel. Now, I know there's debate as to whether Luke was a Jew or Gentile. I personally believe he was a Gentile. I won't get into all of that discussion. But Luke's gospel, we'll see it in a moment, when he describes what we talk about today called the triumphal entry. All right. March the 5th, 444 B.C., Hey, God's a God of specifics, isn't he? A lot of people think the Bible is just, you know, I just, you know, it's just kind of generally speaking, it's not really accurate, it's not really reliable and all this stuff. You need to study it. <laughs> you need to get in to dig in. 
We don't, by blind faith, believe something. I didn't have to know all this when I, Jesus saved me, but this just absolutely solidifies the authority, the reliability of the Bible compared to any other book. I'll just say the Book of Mormons. I'll just say the Pearl of a Great Price. I'll just say the Quran. I'll say any book compared to the Bible. No book, no book, no historical writing can authenticate Bible prophecy like the Bible. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Hey, look, if a God is a God like that, surely he knows what you're going through. Surely he knows every hair on your head. Surely he knows when one sparrow falls to the earth. All of this information today is like, God, why have I been doubting you? Why have I been worried? Why have I been anxious? Why have I been stressed out? <laughs> okay, 444 B.C., March the 5th. Again, you can look at Nehemiah. I didn't just pull these out of thin air. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, describes this date. Check it out if you don't believe me. And then, so we come exactly, exactly to March the 30th, 33 A.D. All right? Now. Here's what I want you to remember. I tried to do this the best I could, make it as large as I could. The days are 173,880 days. This is not only from a Jewish calendar, 360 days, but this is also from a Gregorian calendar, 365 days. Have you ever done the math on this? Have you ever seen this? It's absolutely amazing. See, the Jewish calendar is 360 days. Now watch. 7 times 7, 49. 62 times 7 equals 483 years. We all agreed on that, right? 483 years times 360 days a year, according to the Jewish calendar, equals 173,880 days. However, you come to the Gregorian calendar, our calendar, 365 days a year, even including the leap year. Hold on. So, from 444 B.C., that's the date when Nehemiah came back to rebuild the walls, to 33 A.D. is 476 years. Now, 365 days a year equals 173,740 days, but the leap years included, 116 days plus the 24 days from March the 5th to March the 30th equals 173,880 days exactly like the Jewish calendar. Woo! Glory! Yeah, you can clap if you want to. Clap for God. Clap for the Lord. Clap for the Bible. You didn't know that, did you? You've never studied that out, have you? Boy, that is absolutely another faith builder. And by the way, what we're talking about here, we're talking about Jesus Christ marching in to Jerusalem. Today, Palm Sunday, exactly, March the 30th, 33 A.D., 173,880 days from the time Nehemiah built the wall. How in the world did Daniel know all this? 483 days. How did Daniel know that? How could Daniel have gotten that right? We serve a mighty God. Can you do that? I might predict when I'm 16 years old, I'll get a license. 
I might predict when I'm 18, I hope I graduate, bless the Lord. But to look at 483 years, 49 years down the road, and the walls will be rebuilt before it ever happens. Somebody says, ah, oh, Daniel wrote his book after all that happened. Wrong. The Dead Sea Scrolls refute that absolutely. <laughs> we serve a great God. So, here is the reference in the New Testament. Daniel said, know this, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. And after threescore and two weeks, Messiah should be cut off. That means he would die. Okay. This is the reference in Luke's gospel when Jesus Christ comes riding in. Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 30, 42. When he had thus spoken Jesus, he went before ascending up in Jerusalem. And I will not talk, uh, share everything, but you'll notice right here. When he comes into Jerusalem, Jesus riding in a back. Wait a minute. Time out. I forgot to tell you. If you study the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, 500 years before this event happened, you'd find out Zechariah, chapter 9, write it down, chapter 9, verse 9, Zechariah, historically speaking, would come back to rebuild the temple, but he'd also have prophetic, futuristic implications of events that have not transpired that I'll talk about in a moment. But Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, says, the king is going to ride on the back of a donkey into Jerusalem. This is the fulfillment of that. Listen to what Jesus says. Y'all look at this. Jesus shows up that day, and you know what he says? In essence, here's what he says. They're throwing their palm branches down. They're throwing their clothes down, saying, Hosanna to the king! Hosanna to the king! And Jesus comes riding in on a donkey. Here's what he says. Jesus says, if you really knew what this day, if you'd have studied, he didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing, if you'd have studied the Old Testament, Daniel's writing, you'd know exactly the date I'd come riding in in Jerusalem. That's what he's saying right here. Look at this. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hast known, he's telling that crowd, keep in mind, they didn't have a New Testament at that time. They had an Old Testament. Daniel's writings. If you'd have known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the thing which belonged unto thy peace, but now are they hid from thine eyes. Jesus saying, it's all written right there. Daniel's already prophesied it, 173,880 days from the time that Nehemiah, they, a Jew would know that. They would study the Old Testament. They would know that. And so here is the evidence, undeniable evidence the Jewish calendar, the Gregorian calendar, we've already looked at that, pinpointing precisely, oh my soul, what a great God we have. And this would be the compilation of those 483 days. March the 5th, 444 B.C. to March the 30th, 33 A.D. Precisely to the date Jesus Christ would come riding in on a donkey from the time Nehemiah built the walls to him coming in. Jerusalem, wow. And this is referenced here in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8, the date when they would come back to build the walls. My, what a mighty God we have. Now, you think that's going to bless you, so let's fast forward. What are the undeniable evidences of the Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the past? Can you beat what we just saw? 
That's just one prophecy. That's 333 about Jesus' first coming. Born of a virgin, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, fulfilled in Matthew 121. The government of the shoulders, the government of this world be upon his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. He'd be crucified between two thieves, Isaiah 53. Psalm 22 says, not a bone in his body should be broken. I mean, Judas would, Iscariot would betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah prophesied that 500 years before it ever happened. I hadn't even mentioned those prophecies that had been fulfilled precisely. We're just talking about one, the book of Daniel. Just Nehemiah returning. So, if that is the case, and it is, how much do you think that Bible prophecy is being, being fulfilled right now? Can I give you several instances that I believe, as the Lord placed on my heart, why the Bible and Bible prophecy, if it's been fulfilled in the past, it's being fulfilled right now. Number one, deadly demonic activity. Deadly demonic activity. I know the Bible's being fulfilled because I can see the deadly demonic activity. Number two, the departure from the truth. Paul said to Timothy, the Spirit speaks expressly in the last days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having the conscience seared with a hot iron. Paul said that to Timothy. Hey, I'd say that was happening today, wouldn't you? Demonic activity? Oh, absolutely. How about departure from the truth? There's a lot of people that came there saved and came there Christian, but lip service is different than life <laughs> example. Oh, yes. Walking the walk is different than talking the talk. There's a third evidence, and that is this. It would be a destiny for one world government. One world government. We're seeing the stage being set now. It's going to happen. Daniel 7 talks about this Antichrist, and Revelation 13, this one world globalistic mindset is already in place. Things are going according to the Word of God. It is being fulfilled right now in the present. It is, and it's going to go according to God's calendar. Number four, darkness, identity crisis, identity crisis. And Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 Isaiah said, woe is him that calls good evil, evil good, light darkness, darkness light, bitter sweet, sweet, bitter. I'd say we're living in an identity crisis now. When men think they're women and women think they're men, God help us. We're in an identity crisis. This is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. You believe that? That's not happening, and even right now. The laws are being changed, and God bless America. And those who stand for truth and righteousness, you say anything about it, you take a stand and say the Word of God says we're creating the image of God, buddy, they're going to silence you, they're going to come after you, they're going to come after me, they're going to come after everybody. Laws are being put in place right now to stifle the voice and the message of every God-fearing church now look, it doesn't mean we're hate mongers. I love a transgender. I would love them just like I love a, a, a heterosexual or anybody else. But God calls all men everywhere to repent. Period. Doesn't matter what kind of gender they are. But anyway, we are right there, beloved. You've got to admit. So, here we are. The biblical evidences of where we're at right now. Now, number three. I'm coming to an end here. What are the biblical undeniable evidences, Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the past? 
How about this? 173,880 days from the Jewish calendar and the Gregorian calendar from the time Nehemiah 445, 444 B.C., March the 5th to March the 30th, 33 A.D., a fulfillment of the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 25. And there's other prophecies in Daniel too. By the way, uh, here he says Messiah will be cut off and then I'm just skipping through because of time. What about the undeniable uh, evidences of the uh, Bible prophecy being fulfilled in the future? How many believe it's going to be fulfilled in the future? Buddy, you better believe it. You better believe it. We are living in times when it's not time to get slack. It's not time to get lazy. It's not time to get angry. It's not time to go wayward. It's not time to look around and say nobody's excited about serving God and nobody's happy about being saved. And, and uh, you know, we, we got to be silenced. We can't witness. We can't do this and that and the other. Come on. Hey, you don't know how much time you got. I stood here yesterday at a, a funeral of a lady 68 years old. Had no idea she'd die. She had shoulder, sur shoulder surgery last Tuesday. Everything was fine. Her crowd from Food Depot was sitting right back there. Two seat, two rows. They said, we thought that Judy would be back at work. Well, everybody has surgery every once in a while. She had shoulder surgery. And then that was on Tuesday. Friday, Jimmy, uh, Judy, uh, rather, uh, Jackie told me, he said he was with her. And she uh, got up and walked down to the bathroom, came back, sat in her chair. He said he was holding her hand. And she was recovering, fixing to get ready to, you know, uh, Eventually go back to work, 23 years up at Food Depot, and he said, she took her last breath, she was gone. She was gone, like that, 43 years of marriage. I'm telling you this, that we're not promised of tomorrow. So, here's the deal, what about the prophecy in the future? Number one, what about the time of the saints will be taken away? The uh, uh, rapture, as we call it, that's going to happen in the future. How about the invasion of nations, Ezekiel 38, 39? I wish I had time to talk about that. You can see right now how China and Russia and Iran and uh, Syria, other countries are lining up and, and things are certainly going according to God's plan and they will happen just like God said they would. They'll invade Israel, you mark it down. What about the confirmation of the covenant? All this is future. Yeah, the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant. Daniel 9, 27, we didn't look at it. But it says this, He shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That one week is seven years. That's futuristic. That's the tribulation time. Seven years. Uh, he, one week. He shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, He shall cause the sacrifice, the oblation to cease, the overspreading of the abomination, even the consummation. That to be determined to be poured out upon the desolate. Number four, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? <laughs> oh my. Let that sink in for a minute, what we just talked about. Did you know God is that great? Do you know God can be trusted that much? Where are you at right now? Do we need to prepare? I think we do. A tornado hit Noonan, Georgia. Thursday morning. Wasn't it Thursday morning? I heard a man named Doug, a pastor of Unity Baptist Church. The reporter 
gazing the debris and the destruction of the tornado that leveled that area. They said, well, how did you know about it? This man said, my wife and I were in our camper over there, and, and the alarm went off and, and said, take shelter, take cover. And he said, we hardly had time to get up and run into the metal building. I think it was the church building. He said, we hardly had time. We ran in the metal building, and, and it was showing the metal building. There wasn't much left to it. He just ripped off the whole front part and most of the other part. He said, but thank God, God spared us, he and his wife. I think there's an alarm going off right now. There's more than a tornado coming. There's the judgment of God coming on this world. Can you hear the alarm sounding? Not time to play church. Let's stand together. God's word has been fulfilled in the past. It's being fulfilled in the present. You can rest assured, oh, today maybe you're saying, but pastor, I'm going through all this stuff, and I understand. I'm discouraged, I understand. I'm depressed, I understand. I, I, I'm anxious, I understand. Will you look to Jesus? Will you? Will you look to Jesus right now? What does this mean to you, what I just shared? What does it mean to you? Is this like a fairy tale? What does this mean to you? Is this like a fairy tale? <laughs> no, it's not a fairy tale. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Word of God. God's real. What does He want to do in your life? Where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? What does God, what is he saying to you today? Are you really trusting him? Are you really dedicated to the Lord? How much more time have you got? How much more time have you got? What do you plan to do with that time? What's it going to be like standing before the Lord Jesus? <laughs> he, he made us. He loves us. This is serious business, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Father, we stand in awe because you are undeniable, even incomprehensible, but yet you made us, you love us, you bought us, you're coming back for us. Jesus, help us to see where we're at, where we've been, and where you want to take us. In Jesus' name, amen.